So I'll start, wait for the stream. Then I put the status to public. And then we're, we're good. Here we are. So I don't have a Facebook account. Yes, I have a Facebook account. Yes, it is. Oh, so I can try to tag you, I guess. Okay, yes. <clears throat> At Daniel. Mm -hmm. Yes, S and S H E. Yes, I don't see. Shevchenko? No, no, no. Uh, D K. Echo, echo, echo. The second one, second one. Yes. Okay. Watch. Is it tagged? Nope. I guess you you have your settings. Private. Yeah, I can change it. Uh, just uh, take my phone then. Well, I can just tag you afterwards. I mean. Uh, so you can just tag me, and later I can see the live. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's go. All right. So, yeah, I usually have the same questions for all foreigners that come here. What brings you to Latvia? What are your first impressions? First impression of Latvia? I can say, like, uh, here in Latvia, a lot of people tell me that are very different from, from Russia, from the Russian people. But for me, for my look, it's very similar to Russia. Because there are Soviet palace, there are, uh, the people are speaking Russian, the mentality is similar to Russian. I can understand that you don't want to say that you're similar because you're independent, like, and in the past, the Soviet Union was like, I don't know, Latvia was like oppressed by the Soviet Union, I don't know. But for, for a look of a stranger, stranger people, guy of, of Latvia is like Russia. But similar, very similar. Only difference that here is everything more very expensive. There are so uh, Europe Union and you have the sea, uh, the Baltic Sea. So this, I think, the difference. And you are you are not a lot like only me, one million and half. So mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. So what brings you to Latvia? Uh, what what you mean? What I think like of Latvia? No, no. What uh, what made you come here? Ah, because I have uh, my mission that uh, is traveling for all the Europe for demonstrate against the Putin war and demonstrate that not every Russian for the war. And I'm going to to a lot of I did a lot of countries in Europe. And now I'm in Latvia because I was going to to Estonia, like in Narva, near to the Russian border. And later we'll come back by train. So I travel with the bike uh, for a lot of countries, and now I'm here in Latvia. Yeah. Oh, so you are passing through Latvia, basically? Yeah, I'm just passing. Yes, 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 yes. And so, what's the situation for you? You are currently living in Italy, as far yes, as I understand. Yes, I live in Italy since I was six years old. So yes, like I, I born in Russia, but I to Italy when I was a child, and like did the first class in Italy. So like I'm Italian. Oh. Yes, my first my first language is Italian. It's not anymore Russian. Like when I speak Russian, the the people always tell me that I have Italian accent. So yeah. So uh, did I introduce you correctly? Because I I introduced you as coming from Russia, but basically I should actually put it. Ah, you write that you're, coming. No, I come from. Because usually when when a foreigner comes, uh, I write where he's from, 
Uh-huh. Right? So for you, I just wrote from Russia. Yes, I, I'm Russian, but I come from Italy. <laughs> but uh, do you live permanently now in Italy? It's not like you are just uh, going to school there, right? No, I like, uh, I yes, I. it's my home now. Mm. Like, uh, it's, it's school, it's work, it's everything, my life, my do you friends. Do, do you do this? Of course, I do really? always this. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. this is very natural for us. This is when you want to say what. Mm-hmm. I saw you using this, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I very open guy, extrovert guy. Like um, I always smiling because in Italy we like we like this, you know. Um, and that's it. So like I mean, I'm Italian Russian. Yes, <laughs> like the blood is Russian, but the mindset is Italian. And did you well? Did you follow your your parents to Italy? What made what made you move to Italy? Yeah, like um, my, like my grandmother transferred to Italy when when I don't know, like in two thousand and nine, and me with my mother follow my grandmother. And now we are all together there in Italy. Yes, but but, for it, what? but it is unusual, right, for Russians to move to Italy. Not very unusual. Maybe no. If you want to work in in Europe, you go to. Yes, I know. Maybe you go to Germany usually, yeah? Yeah, Germany, I've heard, yeah. Yes, I know, but for example... My and Great Britain. Great Britain, of course, or USA, I don't know. A lot of Russians are in USA, but... Like, because uh, my grandmother has, like, friends in Italy, so we come... Because for my grandmother was more comfort. Yeah, so for this, yes. Uh, but what I think it's good now, like... My mother has a husband, Italian husband. We have an Italian restaurant. Mm. So everything is fine. All right. So did you decide to bicycle through Europe just because of the uh, Ukraine situation? Or did you did you want to do that either way? Uh, I was thinking to do this before, but I wasn't thinking to go into the Russian border. I was thinking just only to go to Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and come back by train. But when the, the war began, I was thinking I need to do something for for tell to everyone that we are not the same. Uh, we are not or not a Russian for this war. So just take the bike, take a, a sign, take the flag, and go. And uh, but I was thinking to plan this journey for the summer, not for now. Mm-hmm. But because of Ukrainian situation, just start now. The sixth March was my first day. And so your goal is to Narva and then just back? Yes, yes, because I'm like traveling 77 days and I'm very tired mentally, physically. I meet a lot of people. But the most interesting thing that my mission is talk about for with the people. I know the truth about the war. But from the people that are live in this situation, Ukrainian, uh, and not only Ukrainian, but Belarusians, because they are oppressed by Lukashenko, um, a dictator, the dictator is a dictator. So, like, I was, uh, for example, in Vilnius with a Belarusian in a Belarusian house of full of refugees, mm-hmm. and they tell me very crazy stories. Like, the all of these people was in jail because of a message in telegrams. Like, they write something like Lukashenko, fuck off. I can say you. Mm-hmm. I can say. Uh, uh, and in the night, the police come and like distract everything and arrest these people. Which is funny because they usually say that Telegram is so safe. Right? Yeah, it's true. But so it's not. It's it's Belarus. It's Belarus. So yes, it's danger everywhere. In the home, you can talk with your family because you're afraid that they will spy you. You know, it's is worse than Russia. Belarus is very very. And now, in twenty twenty nine May, will be approved a law. 
against the activism, like in Bioras, mm. that it considered terrorism. And if you do activism inside the Bioras, you can get the death penalty. Yes, death penalty. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that's what you call a, a totalitarian regime. Yes, but it's still in Europe, so it's very scary this this situation it's always related to some type of core politicians right and then once they die either naturally or by some assistance it's usually the the reason for some changes yeah but yeah lukashenko i don't know how old he is but i guess he has at least 10 years in him I think the same with Putin. No more. Like when the Russia burned, uh, Russia burned like it was 91 or 94, I don't remember. Yeah. It was the first and unique president. Like 20 no, no, no. I mean, still left, right? I mean, he's yes, he's probably 70 years old. He's, yes. He yes. probably can ah, go till yes. he's 80. At yes, least. yes, 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 yes. At least. And uh, the same with, uh, with Putin. Uh, Putin. Yes, yeah. the, uh, the, like the same, uh, the same thing. You know? Exce- except uh, some people say that... Uh, he is uh, ill that Putin has some type of disease and that he that, that's the reason why he wanted to invade Ukraine because he feels he's, he doesn't have uh, much time maybe yeah but, I, yeah who knows for example I don't share like the, the casus belly of Nazi fa- fascism like we, we need to, to free to get free Ukraine from fascism I, is, that, is that not a um, Casus belli that he did. Which is, which is pretty ironical because uh, when, when you look at the definition of fascism, it means uncontrolled, consolidated state power that m- mixes with business as it sees fit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just, you described Russia. Yes, exactly. Right. Like they're fighting fascism with fascist methods. <laughs> which is, I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe they think fire with fire. Yes, yes, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. But don't you think that it's a little bit, um, well, it's not, it's not, you wouldn't be able to expect such things, right? It's just that you don't expect how they are, how they are occurring. But in a way, you, some people definitely expect that there will be some uh, conflicts, there will be some, some uh, uh, deaths, all of this. It's just that the trajectory has been there for, I don't know, 15 years at least. What do you mean, like the, the, the well, Russia and Belarus, because they they once in the early two thousands, right? They wanted to do any type of reforms. It yes. turned out that they did the reforms to amend the constitution, to extend the uh, policies, to extend the rule, to extend the terms for the president. You know, it's just oh yeah, oh, we see what you are doing. You you just want to extend your power. You want to be more in control of course yeah that, that's Th- it this is the goal yeah yeah, yeah. but would you, would you say that your well your mission of sorts is more related to be you know like informational to, to for people don't judge uh, russians as uh, as in as a one type of stereotype yes it's but it's not only this like this is uh, uh, um uh, course, yeah, I'm doing this. Well, my mission is for this, but not only for this, because I'm traveling 70, 77 days. But it's more for my, for me, you know, for myself to, for, uh, because when I will finish this journey, I want to write a book of my experience with the people that I meet, what, what, what was my feelings. Mm-hmm. But it's not to, to get famous or just or to get money, it's to, to explain, like with, with my book, uh, 
what what you can do if you if you believe in something. Okay, outside the political things, you know, like outside the mission, outside the war, like what I'm doing is like only an 18 years old guy that going for all the Europe with a bicycle and following the, the ideals, you know, like, and it's very crazy because like no one with 18 years old doing this, you know. So yes, this is my goal to be an example for young people like me for, because a lot of people of my age, a lot of guys, a lot of teens are lost. Uh, and yeah, I want to to fight the, the racism against the Russians. That, But no, I mean not the racism against the, the government, the hate against the government that I can understand and I approve. Yeah. But the hate against the, the Russian people that lives especially in Europe. Because in Russia, they are for Putin. I know that. But because propaganda works very well. Mm. But outside the Russia that every Russian are uh, against. I know a lot of Russians are all against. So I was telling that, uh, yes, I want to be an example. Uh, and why not? Maybe when I will write a book, go but didn't But didn't Putin call all Russians who live outside Russia traitors? Maybe. Yeah. Or, so, or something like that. I don't listen to this, but I think, yeah, we are like traitors. Yeah, we listen to the West propaganda for, for Putin, you know. So maybe, yeah, we are traitors and we can, we can come back. Okay, you can come back to Russia, but if but why you're would like, you? No, I mean, like, if you're like, a, 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 for example, I'm an activist and I'm against Putin. I was in televisions, magazines, uh, radios. In Italy? No, not only Italy, Italy, Poland, uh, Lithuania, uh, for the Europe, mm. in English, in Polish, in Italian. Polish, of course, I was speaking it in English, but they translate in Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if and now, now I'm in Wikipedia, yes, and where, if they will write, like, uh, they will check my, my name on Google and will find so, everything, I can be, I can risk 15 years of prison. So it's very, very dangerous for me to go to Russia, and I can go right now. But you haven't been there since you are six years old, right? You were six years old. Yes, but because of the war, I can because I'm I'm like against I mean, the government. Let, let's be honest. I mean, Italy through if you compare the statistics or or just the, just the way of life, I guess Italy wins Russia every day of the week. Of course, of course, very no no competition. Italy, the salary is very big compared to Russia. The lifestyle is very good. There are not problems like in Ra- we have our problems, but not nothing compared to Russia. And Russia is very, except the COVID thing. I remember when the COVID started, literally was always put as an example how it's it's so dangerous. Yes, but yes. I don't know, but I don't know how how real that was. Yes, we are like we're the first uh, na- nation that was with this big problem of COVID. And like a lot of people from a lot of governments from the Europe help us mm-hmm. because we're the first. But yes, but except this, uh, Russia is uh, with, with is a very big problem in front of Italy. We have a lot of problem. But for example, for me, uh, it's a thing that I like to do in the summer when I want just to relax, to chill. I don't go to Italy because I'm ready there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a tourist that go to the sea because I have the sea in my house, so I can go when I want. I go to Russia because I like to be like different, you know. Wait a second, but when was the last time you were in Russia? Uh, January this year. Oh, all yeah. right, all right. I thought you didn't come back when no, once you once you left. Every year, every year I come oh, back. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, so now you are basically risking 
getting imprisoned when you come when you, when you come to Russia again. Yes, this is the problem. And for now, I can't come there because it's very risky. Uh, so for now, we'll just wait. The situation will be chill, you know. So what do you think about Navalny? Oh, very big, uh, good, uh, good question. My mission is dedicated to Alexei Navalny. Hmm. Like in my TikTok profile, I like I told that my mission will be for Alexei Navalny because I, it's like my inspiration, political inspiration, not like I like man, but political inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I like his story because, wow, was like very brave to, to be against Putin, come back to Russia, be poisoned. Was it brave? I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing I don't understand. You knowingly come back from Germany. I think he was in Germany, mm-hmm. right? He got uh, treated in the host- at the hospital, came back to Russia and got arrested instantly. He didn't even leave the plane without the police, right? And yeah, now he's what? 10 years in prison? Five years. I Like in three, four years will be released, I know. Maybe I'm wrong, wrong, but I think, yeah, three, four years. Because that's, I understand that it is that it is commitment, right? But really, I don't think he's he's the winner of this. Yeah, it's like Khodorkovsky. He was at least 10 years in prison, yeah. right? And once he got out, he moved out. Just no... Yeah, you know, but like now will be all tactic, I don't know, because now he's, he's in prison, but there are more people that demonstrate for Alexei Navalny because they know that Alexei Navalny can, can do this. Maybe it's like a symbol now, become a symbol in prison. That's, that's what the West would like to portray him as because it's our sort of culture to have those heroes, right? There's always a hero. There's always somebody who shines light on things. But if you read the past 200 years, let's say Chekhov, Right when he described the Sakhalin Island, or when you, uh, I don't, I don't remember how, what's the, what's the what's the name of the American author, but basically in the 19th century, two Americans went to uh, Russia, Tsarist Russia, and they documented and uh, and sort of made, I don't know, I think they traveled through Russia for two years, and basically they they documented and they. Uh, documented their experiences in Russia, especially in Siberia, in the exile system. And their book is called Siberia in the Exile System. Right? And they document all these things that even in Tsarist Russia, right? Before, before even the First World War, before all these things, uh, even in Tsarist Russia, there were all those people who other people uh, considered as brave and yet yeah, they stand up to the uh, injustice, all these things, right? And they just describe how they are maltreated, unjustly sentenced, and put to basically either rot in prison or just uh, get some uh, get some evidence, fake evidence if needed, and just shoot them, right? And yeah, you read that and you think, oh, 200 years have passed and nothing much has changed, right? So think about in the context of those lives, right? Because they really described uh, certain individuals who basically told the story, well, I saw that the secret police did some wrong. I wanted to protest that. Then they got me in jail, put me 15 years in the hard labor camp. And then, uh, yeah, basically I'll I'll get tortured every day, right? And then I start drinking or whatever. But yeah, there's no happy end for that, right? And once you know... Those type of stories, and the the Americans even, you know, they can compare with their penal system in America. So they compare all these things, and yeah, they're just they're, they're just speechless. 
right? And that's the 19th century where people didn't really have uh, no internet, no luxuries at 19th all. 19th century? 19th century, yeah. Okay, so it was before the Soviet Union, like where it was the Tsar. Yeah, the, okay. the Tsarist Russia, the mm. empire, yeah. right? And he describes all these things and, you, and then you can really see that, oh, it's not really a system of communism, it's not really a system of uh, Russia, it's not really a system of anything. It's just that in that particular region, there are psychopaths. It's just psychopaths. Yeah. And and basically, I remember some other author telling us, uh, speaking about it, because he basically said that uh, during the, I don't know, Middle Ages, I guess, the Mongols started conquering a lot of territories. And so they basically left their type of mentality. And Mongol mentality was always, yeah, kill or be killed. Right. And it's just straight up savage. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what what's left behind some some type of uh, killer mentality. Yeah, it's it's very interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking to do like the same like Alexei Navalny before mm. before I meet the Belarusian refugees because I was thinking to go inside Russia and protest inside Russia. Mm. It was like the most dangerous thing that I can do now. Uh, yes. Like after I come the in the this house, the Belarusian refugees told me that the story that they we are was were arrested just for a message of Telegram, mm. and take like five, five years, five years for a message and just but it's Belarusian. I know it's different, but if they take five years for a message, what I can take that I was in in everywhere, you know. I didn't read the book, but uh, I remember some author speaking about a book that was about modern day North Korea. And uh, they, as, as far as I remember, they basically said that in North Korea, the police can come to your home at any time and they can inspect because every home is supposed to have a shrine for the leader, meaning yeah. a, pl a place where you have the portrait and oh, some other belongings. Yes. And they can come in, check if you have that intact. And uh, what they can also check whether you have, there's any dust or some some so something's wrong, right? And uh, yeah, and they so at least the authors said that they can arrest you for just willingly, and if they take a liking to your, for instance, daughter, you can expect that they that she will be raped. Yeah, and you don't have any possibility to actually pro prohibit it or, or or do anything about it because either you will get in jail yourself or you'll be shot because you are resisting the authorities. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. North Korea is very, like there, the leader is like a god, so, yes, it's it's very, I don't know, crazy. Because the mentality is always, I don't know if you've uh, read or Orwell, but basically the the story from from 1984, or even, even Animal Farm, is basically grounded in real life uh, examples because Orwell was participating in the Spanish Civil War, right? And he saw Orwell, George, George Orwell, Orwell, yeah, okay. when when he was uh, fighting in the in the Spanish Civil War, he basically s saw the ideologies, the the authoritarianism, all these things, right? And so he he didn't have any illusions about what will it end how it will end right and that's that's why 1984 ends with the 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 winston smith the the main protagonist uh, loving big brother and getting basically shot yeah right because because that's the the i, I kind of like that uh, in that that uh, novel specifically right where, where they said yeah we don't 
we won't kill you uh, up front. We will, we will torture you and we will make you love Big Brother and then we'll kill you. Right? And it's just, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Once you are the participant of a system, I don't think there's, there's real options available other than to, let's say you, right? You are 18 years old. You would need to become sort of like a spy or an agent. Right. Uh, yeah. You, you would. You would. You need to basically become sort of a, a type of cooperating member of, let's say, Italy that goes as a as an exchange student or whatever to Russia. Then you can infiltrate some type of bureaucracy. Right. Move up your career ladder. Get in, into positions of power in, let's say, ten, fifteen years, and then kill Putin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's a serious uh, strategy. I mean, it's not like a like it wouldn't have been happening somewhere in the world at some point, right? It's it's a real strategy. But uh, yeah, I don't see anything other than let's say Putin is now isolated from everybody. Of course. Right? Yeah. So, he has only uh, maybe 10 people around him. So, some some of those people should either kill him or just, you know, grab him, arrest him, whatever. And that's it. But if they they cannot do that, it means you just wait, and it's, it and it means how long he lives. The rest of the rest of the people just get in jail. Yes, at best, right? At best, the best, of course, the yeah. best. Yeah, and I hope that in the future. But I'm not only hope. I'm pretty sure that in the future the uh, the government of Russia will be different because the the time has come. The time is coming. Putin will dead because will be old and will dead some uh, one time maybe in the future no maybe five years maybe tomorrow but, but will die and the next generation is the is my generation uh, we will come and we have the mentality of like the West uh, like uh, a lot of young people of, of teens of in Russia they are very fr- uh, very um, open to the to the news of the other part of the world. They don't listen only the Russian propaganda. So I think in the future we can change something, and Russia will be finally freedom. Country. That's what that's what people said in 200 years ago in Russia. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the shocking thing. You you read those things from the 1800s, yeah. right? And you think, damn, it sounds similar to these days. Just just straight. Oh yeah, and those people are all dead. They didn't see any any positive changes they just rotted away in the gulag so like you think like the young people that are, uh, are growing are with this mentality of the west they change mentality the way they go to the government you think the, well the only thing to expect positive change is to be the positive change yourself right of course. but if you expect somebody else to come to their mind and to start getting all fluffy and laddy daddy it's not not going to happen because the people who are in power they raise the next generation of people who will be in power that's that's usually the system mm. the, the system works usually the way that the next generation is being taught and being trained by the previous generation mm. so the only time when you can interact with it is either you kill those bastards up front or you just get infiltrated with the next generation then you come up i think Theoretically, you could say Khrushchev was was some type of uh, yeah. leader who who did that, right? Because yeah. once after Stalin, he came as the chairman. He denounced Stalin. Technically, he did not, did that, but I guess practically, 
because that's what Solzhenitsyn writes about, right? Because Khrushchev came into power uh, saying that Stalin was a murderer and a, a, a genocidal dictator. And then Khrushchev still even expanded the gulag system, right? Meaning the, the, the prison system where everybody got into just some type of trouble because they didn't like the NKVD or something like that, right? Yeah, they got sent off. So it wasn't like Khrushchev did all the fixing, right? But at least he publicly denounced Stalin. He publicly did the, at least the message was uh, yeah. was was uh, another one. But yeah, I mean, think about it. Stalin, I think, died like 50, what, 58 or something like that? 58, yeah. And then you still had... Putin. <laughs> yeah, you still had 33 years when Yeltsin came. But like... Uh, Yes, thirty-three years, right? So it means people were born and and uh, died during that period, right? Yeah, it's it's a long time. Yeah, but for example, Gorbachev like try to change something now with the perestroika, yeah, try like to to rebuild the Soviet Union, but he failed and the Soviet Union just fall. Well, that the technically, I guess that that uh, the ba- big idea was to admit that the controlled centralized economy wasn't really stable yeah. and so they wanted to introduce a little bit of that capitalistic system yes but yeah i think you just you just made your bed so you you just need to lay in it because nobody knew how how it will unfold and then yeah the coup d'etat uh, in 90 by by uh, yeltsin probably was engineered by foreign powers that's that's how usually those things operate right you get, again you have some type of agent or some type of people mm-hmm. who can you who can, who are trustworthy to your cause and then you can just fund them give them money give them resources whatever they need so they can let's, let's say the same with Navalny right yeah. he, some people say he's a, an american spy some people say he's just an activist he can be both he can be a, a person who is yeah. just really uh, authentically interested in changing the government for the better, but he still needs some money. He needs still some resources. So whoever okay. whoever gives him the resources, he, he pr- probably could take it, right? And probably if he's open to getting those resources, yeah, Americans would pay for him yes. for sure. Yes. For sure, yes. that's just normal. Yes, right? uh, like I want to you know, like uh, when the Soviet Union fall, the Latvia was dependent. Like when was the independence of Latvia? 91 yeah okay and how the Lithuans react to this fall like uh, was well most statistically I guess would say that yeah it was a long time coming and they wanted that <coughs> of course of course you still had some uh, communists diehard communists and uh, of course there were uh, statistically at least I would say 20 percent mm-hmm. who who didn't like those changes because Nobody likes change if their current situation is pretty comfortable, right? Um, among those people who were in on the elites, sort of in the in the party or in the arts or in the academics, of course they didn't like the change, right? Because it means you you lose your job, you you lose your you lose your status. Right? So yeah, and and so a lot of people, um, because for, was the demonstration two days ago, three days ago? Yeah, I was there. But like this, this demonstration was because of the Russian war in Ukraine, and so like the Latvians are afraid the Rus- the, that Latvia would be the next country that 
Putin will be invaded because of this. They do this. They did the demonstration. Mm, I, I don't know if that would be the sole cause, but the main reason was that the aggression in Ukraine has spurred on those uh, political fractions in Latvia who always wanted the, all the Russian symbols gone, all the Russian influence gone from our country. And so the the monument is just one piece of the puzzle because yeah. one, once the monument is gone, they'll find another thing to to get rid of. It, 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 it's not like it changes, right? Because, I mean, we were under 50 years of Soviet rule And of course, they have monuments, they have buildings, they have infrastructure, they have all these things left from those times. And there's always somebody who will say, no, it's not it's not progressive enough. We need to do this and we need to do that as well. But yeah, this this one, because I think the the monument was was uh, I think the monument was built in the early 80s. Right. <clears throat> and no and think about it. If the monument was uh, made in the early 80s, it maybe stood for eight years. And then the 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 changes happened, the, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union and independent Latvia. So the monument was maybe eight, nine years old mm -hmm. when Latvia re recovered its independence, right? So yeah. starting from that point, there were a lot of people who remembered how the monument was built, how it all happened, and they just didn't like it. So uh, from that point on, yeah, they said, yeah, we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it. But I think one of the clauses in the agreement between uh, Latvia and Russia was that they actually keep, do the maintenance for the monument and sort of to respect that it, it's... The past. Yeah, well, that it is a symbol for the for the... World War Two fallen soldiers, and also that they will sort of—I don't know how, how how it works, but basically Russia was uh, and Latvia was sort of ob obligated under uh, international contract to keep sort of the monument as it is. That's yeah. the story, but I've, I haven't haven't read anything contractual, right? But I think that's the story. And now after the Ukraine war, basically they wanted to say, oh. You don't keep your promises with other countries. Well, we are not obliged to, uh, you know, do our part when it comes to the contracts with you. So they basically changed either the law or the they repudiated the contract. I don't know what they did. I didn't follow that. But basically, yeah, they did everything they needed to do to to say, oh, now we can actually decide to uh, tear down the monument. Yeah, and it's just a reactionary. Uh, impulse and but the idea of tearing down the monument has been there ever since Latvia regained independence. But why they only now because of the war in Ukraine? It's like not really only now. There there were always those things, but it's just that usually people got along pretty well. I mean, there were all those voices who didn't want the monument to be left there, but uh, usually it was more like a, you know political crit critics, and that's it, right? But now with all this situation. Uh, yeah, they have a real reason to be uh, more loud, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just, you know, going with the wind. Uh, I was in Lithuania, uh, like um, Lithuania and Latvia is very similar country, yeah? Well, difficult to say. I think Lithuania is economically more advanced. It's a bigger country. 
population-wise and territory-wise. But yeah, you can compare them, sure. Uh, like, uh, will the Baltic countries all together, so Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Latvia is the country with the most Russian influence, yes. Ah, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Uh, like, um, I want to ask, like, uh, how you... Um, the relationships were the other Baltic countries, so Estonia and, and Lithuania, are like... Um, i don't know, like, uh, it's everything, uh, positive relations, not like with, uh, with Russia that Latvia is like against Russia. It's like for, for, for the first impression that, that I, I see, like Latvia is against, but it's before the war, not only because of the war. I don't know. Uh, but with Estonia and Lithuania is everything like good, like your, your brothers. Yes. Well, I think we compete in different fields. I mean, the, uh, the, agriculture competes i think the business regulation competes with estonia the milk industry competes with lithuania there's always some type of economic competition politically yeah we don't have any trouble with each other at all i think well maybe maybe there's some disputes with lithuania about possible oil fields in the baltic sea okay yeah, yeah but it's just sort of compared to the overall Uh, cooperation in minor disputes nothing really big and with russia i don't think there has been a lot of trouble with russia i know a lot of people who would like to see still some type of neighboring uh, cooperation because most people don't assume that uh, just a regular russian citizen is the same as putin right or, or the same as those elites in in mm -hmm. russia they don't yeah. assume that They have a lot of people who, that's that's the funny thing about uh, Russian propaganda, I guess, because a lot of people think, oh, if Putin did it, there must be some type of good cause for it against the globalists, against the American imperialists, against the uh, lizard people, whatever you have to name any conspiracy. If Putin does it, it means that he's probably onto something. It's just a weird, weird fact that if China invades some country or Taiwan, uh, for example, yeah, yeah. If if any other country does it, it means yeah, geopolitical strategy, just some regular Machiavellian type of politics, right? But if Putin does it, you you always find people who say, oh, he's probably fighting against the Rothschild globalists, pedophilic, some type of cartels, right? It's just all right. Uh, I can talk, I want to, to talk about the Italian situation, the, what the Italian people think about this war. Mm. In Italy, we have this thing that uh, we we like to listen both sides of of um, uh, of the you know the the situation. Yes, so not only the Ukrainian side but the Russian side. Like we we are freedom country, and but uh, a lot of people like I don't know Berlusconi was a long time not really the most. But was the best Berlusconi? Now we were the present. <laughs> Uh, like um, in TV, in TV shows, uh, uh, the Italian programmers invite a lot of people that are maybe for for Russian government. You know, they want to defend why they are for Russian government, so they talk a lot. Uh, and they invite one time, like a, a Italian channel invite uh, Lavrov, the the most uh, the principal per person of the Russian propaganda. Yeah. And I think it's good to see both sides, you know, of this. But the problem is this: that is that the the people, if they listen this Russian no propaganda in, in Italian channels, uh, 
they will think that they are right. They are right. So a lot of people are for the Russian government, but it's more for the Russian government are for against America because in Italy we hate hate America. Is no, uh, come on. Yes, it's a country we don't like. Uh, like because they maybe. Come on, man. Italy has a lot of influence from America as well. Because of this, we don't like America. Because we have a lot of influence. uh, And like, especially especially old people are against this America. It's the same with France, but I don't believe you. Because look, you are using American technology. You are using, uh, in many ways, American way of life. Music, culture in general. Yes, it's true, but... Still, the people, it's not my, 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 because I, like, I'm young and uh, I very, like, for, for part of the American culture that I export to Italy, yes. Mm-hmm. But, like, the old people are, like, uh, all, they don't use this, like, these things of, uh, mm-hmm. yes, they always say that uh, America is, like, bad, you know, because they, they can't, but not in Italy, not, it's not a thing of Italy that Americans come to Italy and take something, not this, but that... America just going to do war everywhere they want and no one just doing nothing, you know, because they can. And like, uh, and when they, when the Russia attack Ukraine, like it's a very different situation. So like they, they uh, think uh, that if Russia is, um, is a, a murder, you say is the same like Russia, mm. but Russia, like a country in Europe, uh, a freedom country in, that is in Europe, and it's pretty different that attack a country in Iraq, in Syria. I, of course, don't, uh, I, against the war of Iraq and Syria, but we need to, to see that is another thing. Europe is another thing, the, the Asia, the Medio Orient. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so that is the old m- m- mentality of this war, yeah. But for example, the young people, the young guys, like they, they don't don't very care about the war, like everywhere in Europe, of, uh, outside the Ukrainian, mm-hmm. of course. But the other the other teens, they don't really care. Well, that's the thing, right? Most of us don't care until it's up to our uh, door. Yeah, and. In Russia, it's the same. In Russia, it's very scary that no one is care about the war. Like, doesn't exist. Like, well, it depends how much they even get to see the war. I don't. I don't think that they are really portrayed. I don't think that the events are portrayed daily there. I think it's just that. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember again for the, for instance, the North Korean thing. I think the North Koreans also they got some type of. Uh, uh, media clips from North Korea, and then they compared what happened and what how it was portrayed in North Korean media, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, you you can see how cheesy it can become, right? If you have an isolated country where you control most of the information flow, and yeah, problem is Russia doesn't have any friends, even though they th- like to think that China is a friend or Iran is a China. They're North Korea. They they are they are straight up killers. As well, it's just that you know, if a psychopath gets in bed with another psychopath, they you, will kill each other. Yeah, exactly. That's what they do. It's just that it's in their nature, and the only the only thing uh, responsible for for all of this is probably the the citizens who might as well just do well. Who might as well take the example of Navalny? If you are, let's say, trapped in a way in Russia, you can at least not not uh, do the things that the government asks you to do, right? If you get, let's say, uh, some type of illegal order, 
you cannot follow it up right yeah you risk going to jail but at least you are not you're not participating in maybe some nuclear holocaust right because that's the that's the question that always people ask well if putin doesn't doesn't get his way he'll attack with nuclear weapons yes yes yeah but somebody has to execute that order putin won't be the one pressing all the levers on all the buttons right putin will give the order maybe but some other people in in russia russian citizens will have to execute it and that's the question whether or not they will be ready to execute it because then it will be mutual mutually assured annihilation yeah yeah but i think it's very difficult to execute putin because he has like uh, you know how, how it's called in english uh oligarchs yeah that they are helping him but not i mean like with the money with with uh, so and putin now in in russia is a very like popular uh is uh, popular but in positive way like everyone is for him and yes maybe if he will attack with nuclear bombs it would be different but now russia is like uh, like the the population of russia are for putin in this moment than the before like before the people are always like uh, i don't know like uh, putin is mm, putin, like this you know mm -hmm. but now they are, they comp they uh, they're like uh, yes putin is a good leader they will save us from ukraine the fascism of Ukraine for fascists of all the world, you know, because mm. now it's not maybe only. maybe it's just the official version. Of course, official, because because if you if you live in a country where you can get jailed for a Telegram text, of course, officially, when somebody asks you on the street, what do you think of your government? It's the best government in the world, of course, no way around it, right? So that's the official version. Yeah, but yes, I can talk like the I talk about with my friends that live in Russia, with my family, they convince about this, but not only my like my friend that live in Russia. I have a person like that live in Italy, is part of my family, and uh, she like uh, very convinced that Putin what doing Putin is good. Because that's always the 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 reasonable doubt that people want to see is that if Putin does it, it means he's against the globalists, the, yeah. cons the conspiracy, uh, Jewish conspiracy, the globalist conspiracy, the Rothschild conspiracy, the lizard people conspiracy, the alien conspiracy, all these conspiracies. The Rus Kobe, the Russia conspiracy. is the only one who is standing ag up against these tyrants, right? And it's just, the funny thing is, they always did it. Even in Tsarist Russia, that was their excuse. Their excuse was for counter-revolutionaries. Why? Let's say you are 18 years old. You you do cycling, right? You participate in an event. I remember. I think even either Chekhov or somebody else wrote about it that in the Tsarist Russia they had an event where they are were criticizing the local government, and some some dude just passed by, right? He wasn't even a part of the demonstration, but he just passed by, uh, watched what what happens. The police came, took him in, sent him off to the gulag for like 15, 20 years, right? No recourse, not at all, right? And he's just basically, he's been transported to Siberia, right? And he says, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything, but I have no options of, of going back. I cannot leave. They don't allow me to leave the country, right? And what they charged him with was... Uh, sort of like a counter-revolutionary activity, right? Meaning that you are you wanted to 
uh, toppled the government in a sense, right? Because you participated in those things. Yeah. And th- that's a real thing. That's, that's a real thing. A government doesn't want to be the status quo. The people who are benefiting from the status quo don't want their power abolished, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, the, it's a matter of whether or not you catch all these possible revolutionaries in your country. And yeah, that's that's how far it can get that you write, oh, I don't like this politician who's in charge, who's in power, right? And then knock, knock, knock. And you are, uh, you are, are uh, underground revolutionary. You are destroying the the motherland, right? And then off to the off to the gulag prison. And it's it has happened throughout the last century. It has happened to hundreds of millions of people. Because uh, uh, Nazi Germany was the same. Uh, before that, some type of regimes also. Italy, technically, also, yes. I think, under Mussolini. Japan, yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the biggest uh, human sacrifice for human for life. So- of Soviet Union. Well, Soviet Union also, but the biggest one was the Chinese Cultural Revolution, right? Because they, <laughs> even, the, even the Soviet Union said they are too too uh, crazy right because the even soviet union didn't agree with the, the things that did uh, that happened in uh, china but mao zedong was basically a god right and everybody who because it's the the sort of like a simple version would be to say that the cultural revolution started with uh, with um, people wanting to imprison those people who uh, actively wanted the government to change that they wanted to bring in let's say western culture western ideas who who came from the west for instance right but it ended with uh, everybody being suspicious of everybody else because uh, now the offense was you didn't praise uh, chairman mao enough right it started with somebody was arguing that we need to change the government and then it got imprisoned but it ended with the people why didn't you praise Mao Zedong uh, this day? Why, why did you praise him only two times this day? Why didn't you praise him three times? Why didn't you praise him four times this day? Or you are revolution- counter-revolutionary. You are not uh, for the people, right? We need to, you know, inja- yeah. put you in jail. And yeah, it, it was bloody. I mean, the Cultural Revolution, I don't know how many millions of people died because and because they all thought that they are the revolutionaries. It's just that one revolutionary group said, no, 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 the other group is not revolutionary. They are counter-revolutionary. They want to put in the old regime back, right? So they, each other just pointed the fingers to each other, right? And then it was, yeah, they found swords, they found guns, they found grenades. And yeah, and, and it only stopped because the army was sent in and squashed it but i i think it's possible that china like 70 years ago was just a very poor country like was it uh, still is it's technically still is but now not like in the past like not it's not like for example india yes it's a big country in india but it's not rich like and powerful i mean like china so it's it's a question of what what is your metrics because if you use just numbers uh you see it in times of high inflation uh, one euro doesn't mean anything if you don't if you cannot buy anything with it, right? One ruble doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's just a number. What can you do with it? And uh, usually people measure wealth and uh, sort of like like real uh, welfare by free time. How and how leisure time can be spent, right? And it's no comparison. I mean, I had Chinese people here 
I remember one Chinese dude stopping the podcast because I had asked him about, so what, what, what do you think about life in China or something like that, right? And he, he was getting uh, stressed. He was worried that if he says something, if he says something, yeah, if he speaks his mind, then he cannot maybe come back to his country. Holy f- My yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh, just a few years it's ago. It's like now it's like in Russia, but in China is more uh, the 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 police is more controlling you. It's not like in Russia. I think it's I think it's just more obvious. Maybe only the mentality of the Chinese people. I like. think it's just more obvious. I think when you see uh, when you look at uh, China, Russia, all other states that let's say America thinks that they are the enemies, uh, usually they just do it more. Openly, I mean the, the the terrorism, the the sort of repressions are more openly. But you know, Americans are not no small children. They are they they are psychopaths as well. It's just that they are they are more willing to lie to you, right? They are more willing to make a facade, make make yeah. some. But again, at least you have some type of freedom of speech. At least you have some type of political uh, freedoms. Right, it's it's not like uh, the the total the same, but yeah, when it comes to foreign policy, America is just uh, kill or be killed. Yeah, that's that's no joke. Yeah. So again, yeah, it's pretty cool that you are so young and so interested in in you know being active. It's just that learn from the past for sure, because now you have all the information you need. To yes. make strategic moves, yes. To to see ahead, and yeah, I don't know how Navalny decided to come back because if I would be Navalny, I would probably stay in Germany, and yeah, just constantly attack, gather gather my sort of troops around, right, and yeah, make an impact because now if you are Navalny and you have a voice, right, you should yes. use that voice, and you all and you also should use your influence. And inside, now, inside Russia, you can't do this. Exactly. Now he's just put in prison, and yeah, every once in a while, some news uh, news uh, anchor would say, "Oh yeah, today was uh, how many times uh, the the Navalny court decision for some other offense he he was charged with, right?" And that's it. But they don't ask him. So what do you think? What what he's he doesn't have a voice. You know, for example, I I'm want to do what. What need to like Navalny like now is in prison and what I want to do is like come back to Italy and try maybe just try to change something, but from Italy because but I know how because I'm like my first language is is Italian and I don't know maybe doing speeches you know maybe talking to the people but what I can change this is the my question maybe I can change the the minds the mentality of Italian people but of course I can't change of the Russian or maybe I was thinking like to come back and not only doing speeches maybe okay now no because I'm too young but go in the in politic politic become a political and found a method to to do investments mm. for the for the troops of in Russia that like we can like create a battalion of of troops or Russian troops that they can fight against the Russian government so like uh, put uh, give money mm. from from outside Russia but give money to inside Russia because i think the change Or the real change they can do the people that are living in Russia, not mm. the people that are outside. If you if you want to to, to hear my opinion, just just straight up, 
my opinion it would, would be to do the the things you said but without the transferring money to russia thing and instead making a place where russians could come to exile what to that making a place instead you not taking the money and giving it to inside russia mm-hmm. for uh, for people inside russia but actually using the money to create some type of space and some type of environment where people come from from russia uh, into exile ah because okay. cuz if you if you are in russia you are not you you don't have you don't stand a chance it's just that think about all the tools that are available to the fsb to the, all those agencies in russia you don't stand a chance it's just the, it's just the 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 only real uh market uh driven uh tool is people to leave the com- for people to leave the country at least temporarily because if they have because usually why don't people leave their space because they don't have any good alternative right but if people do have good alternatives let's say you say to a russian in i don't know some petrograd or whatever you say hey come here almost everybody will understand you because they speak also russian the net, the weather is much much better right and we have better food right yeah yeah so why are you still there well i don't have the money all right let's find the way to get you for the tickets yes so maybe this would be a good idea and i think if a lot of people go out of russia how can go how can go there russia go without people that uh, work for 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 there you know yeah so yeah, yeah it's, we can go a good idea like like i want me take like inspiration dopamoga dopamoga is uh the uh, like i don't know it's, it's called in english but Uh, there are people that help Biorasha refugees. Mm. Well, I was in Vilnius, so this big house uh, with full of Biorasha agencies, agencies mm-hmm. is from Dopamoga. And Dopamoga, yes, what, what are they doing? Like they take Biorashans from the border, yes. Like uh, take to this house, uh, give food, give bed, give everything, give like uh, a place where I can find a work uh, mm-hmm. and like a uh, transfer, like go far away from Biorash until Lukashenko don't fall. This mm-hmm. is the plan of this. Uh, and I think it's a very good plan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the thing. If you would do that on a massive scale, I think they will they will have to admit that they cannot do anything about it other than maybe closing the border and not allowing people to leave at all. But they leave the border illegally, not legal. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. How much can you actually control that type of scenario? But yeah, other than that, it's just really think about the last 100 years and you have maybe eight years where people in Russia could say, yeah, we we thought we are going to be very open open and and liberal and no yeah. no uh, 92 years is just yeah without you you can get killed without a court right yeah. and that's and yeah and that's it's not going to change very soon because you don't have the tools available to change it uh, you can i think you can best see it with um, iran because iran was Oh, I think 1979 was when the Ayatollah came to power. And before that they they thought in the 50s and 60s that Iran will be really really modern, really western, right? That they they sort of thought that. 
uh, Ayatollah came into power. Now it's been at least 40 years and still they rule uh, in a theocratic, uh, I don't remember, either it was Sunni or sh probably Shia Islam mm -hmm. country, right? And I remember one Iranian uh, being on the podcast and he said, well, yeah, but we are in the, on the, uh, in the underground, we think differently, we, we do. And I said to him, yeah, of course, you always there's an underground, but in uh, the Soviet times, there was always also an underground, but didn't affect the power. Structures. I think the your idea of the podcast, let me like, you can explain, like you invite people like uh, of surfing, yes, mm -hmm. and like you're doing podcasts with everyone, yes. This is the Most of the time, I mean, it's not really related only specifically to couchsurfing. I have had a lot the of guests. Airbnb people, yeah. yeah. And so which, which is your goal of this podcast? There is no goal. Cause, Just uh, to talk. Uh, yeah, because uh, I remember having guests over and just having a chat with them for hours and then once i had my equipment which i used for other things uh, mainly for my publications i made uh, audio articles and also video commentary so that's why i had microphones i had video cameras all these things i just figured out uh, i might as well uh, do some podcasting because i used to watch and listen to other podcasts in america and uh, well from america and uh, I thought, yeah, maybe maybe it will come in handy to know how to actually create digital content, how to distribute it, because the digital economy will be there whether I like it or not. So I might as well be a little bit proficient at that. But yeah, it's mostly just a training experience because it's the, it's the same uh, conversation I would have mostly still, right? But I just have the option actually yes, to, this, this. Yeah, to train, to learn, how to actually do those type of digital content things. Yeah. And maybe they will come in handy. Maybe it's just something for hobbies. I don't know. But yeah, I guess most of the time it, it will be just a matter of um, the options available because once you see some type of situation where you know, oh, I can do this. I, I, I'm able to do this. I know how to do that. Right? You, you can have some type of success in, in that certain situation. But if that opportunity doesn't come, um, I'm not really regretting anything. But it's good that you're just, uh, for example, I doing always that my mindset is like, I try, I don't care if I fail, because if I fail this experience, if it's a good ending, it's, it's still good. So just try, try a lot of things, try that, that thing that you most love. And, uh, and that's it like yes just to, to be try to try not be afraid yeah it's, it's it's if i wouldn't be listening to podcasts myself if i wouldn't use youtube or facebook myself yeah. maybe i wouldn't be interested in doing it but since i'm am uh, using those things yeah it's just you do the same thing almost that you are consuming yourself mm -hmm. right so yeah it's a, it's a little bit of both sides and you see how actually when you see a, let's say a really big or well, sort of big podcast you see how much production is in that you see how much work is actually there right whereas i i just put out the microphone press start press stop mm -hmm. that's it and that's yeah. how i like it because i know how um how difficult it is to actually if you want to make a 
big video edit, edited video with all these sounds and effects. It's, it's difficult, yes. It takes not really it takes time. time, a lot of time. This yeah. like for, for it's really wor hard work most of the time. And what are you doing? Like uh, you like to doing lives uh, on TikTok on Facebook, I see. But why you don't try like Twitch, for example? Twitch. Mm, yeah, I haven't tried Twitch. I haven't thought of it as something for the general public. I always thought of Twitch about gaming. Not only this, like a lot of people just doing podcasts on Twitch, so it's not only gaming. It's burning like a platform for gaming, but now it's a lot of things together. Mm -hmm. Yes, but still live. So if if you like want to, to show you maybe your life to other people, just go, go out in the center, you can take the phone, you record yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is content, you know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there are people that are only sleeping, doing nothing, but the other people like give money. Mm -hmm. Like to, to start a sound, a stupid sound. And uh, yes, this, this still like content is still a big business for Twitch. But I very, I think that Twitch is a very, uh, is good platform for, for rich money, but don't give you something that it's safe. Like they can ban you and for, for like things that are, are just, just not make sense because mm. Twitch is American platform and uh, they doing laws, but are laws for the America for USA. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, in Italy, if you say some bad word against black people, mm -hmm. they will ban you because of the American law. But if you say something against Jesus, because in Italy it's, it's illegal. Mm -hmm. Like if you say a word that is a, a, like as a, a bad word against Jesus uh, in front of like uh, the police, they can just give your ticket and the sanction you know yeah yes uh but so it's not it's not really protected on the free speech but you can you can like a lot of people always doing using this word but it's like illegal for the laws it's illegal but everyone just do uh, just talk about don't they just don't care because because it's funny if uh I know Italy, of course, has the Vatican and Rome and yes. all of those things. Yes, but, because of this. But because Italians, as far as I know, they're not the most, they're not the best Christians in the world. No, of course it's not. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be sort of, you know, like a, you have a little angel, little devil inside you, right? And it's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was said before, if you tell something against Jesus, Twitch doesn't care because it's um, not, not American uh, law. Mm. And I want to talk about like this situation, this case about, about this Italian streamer mm. in Twitch. Uh, what he said, this, this guy, like say something about uh, against black people. Yeah. It, it was banned like for one week in the, the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I was waiting this ban. After one week, Twitch say again, we ban you for a month. So it was like without a job because for Twitch, if you get banned, you can't do streams in another platform. You can do nothing. Just need to wait. And another bad thing of Twitch, if you're banned, you are banned for everywhere. So like you can go with your friends that are streamers. So for example, if you are a streamer, yes, and you're doing stream, mm -hmm. but if I have a streamer that was banned and I go in your stream, mm -hmm. you get banned too. Oh, but then it's the problem if you have only the one platform, right? Because there's it's always for every business that's always the biggest risk. If you are dependent on Facebook, Twitter, Google, whatever, you need to be diverse, right? Yes. So just to protect yourself. So yeah, what's up with this guy? Like he wait a month, but which doesn't t say like nothing about this 
and ban. So what, when he can uh, again doing streams, mm-hmm. so was waiting one month and Twitch say you need to wait other three months. And mm-hmm. this guy was every time was like get crazy because was without a job. He can go with friends because they're all streamers and mm-hmm. they work with stream because this work if you're a big streamer. Yeah. And so was like alone without nothing, just was a very, very bad thing for, for him was, yes. Mm. And after three months, six months was the message of Twitch that was you banned forever. Mm-hmm. So was waiting all this time, was thinking, okay, now I'm waiting, but in the future I can continue to streaming. And after six months, they, they are just, you can't do nothing. So, so it's a so it's a really good analogy or, or euphemism or yeah of aphorism for all these dictatorial governments, including Russia. Yes, that, that you always put your people in the mindset. Oh, help is just around the corner. Oh, the the the, the situation will be solved just around the yes, corner. Yes, yes. You once once run, once, run. once I once I once I um, explain. They will understand. It's just you, I need to wait a little bit, just a little bit. I need to wait a little bit, and then it's just months, years, yes. and whole lives. It's gone. True. It's true. And this is very, yes, was like uh, a lot of Italian streams was against this because was wow, you know Black Mirror, the the, the Netflix show. Yes, the Netflix show that like is the show of like the future, like with uh, but it's interesting show for example i like mm. uh what i was to say about this uh with the show that uh this this uh episode of this italian streamer yeah. is like a episode of a uh, black mirror mm-hmm. because it was like a, a alone from all this so like was deeper than of the socials but because it was his works and when just socials uh, uh, put out you like just just uh, i don't know said but when you don't work for socials and you're just alone, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah very difficult because if you're just only dependent from socials and uh, yeah, it means he needs to read uh, some books. Yeah, how, but how to how to diversify your business? Yes, yes, yes. Again, it's just an opportunity to learn. But I still know how can they doing a different thing because he's a, a social creator he's an internet creator yeah but the platform is important because the platform you mean, all, yeah. all, all platforms have their own policies and uh, i mean look what they did to uh, do you know the i don't know how to call him anymore but basically do you know alex jones have you heard of him no he was one of the most controversial figures in american I don't know if, if you would say radio. Maybe he did some radio as well. I don't know. But he had a show, and still do, does, which was streamed in the millions and on YouTube, on different platforms, right? He was pretty big. Once COVID started, he was the one who said, oh, it's all it's a conspiracy. It's all just, you know, he's really, really into that conspiracy world. Everything's almost a conspiracy, right? And he got banned from YouTube, all those platforms but he still had his own website so it just meant that people he they were a little bit shocked that he was banned from twitter all those social networks and then yeah the people started to just come to his site to his website and still he, he has his show he has in, in the millions viewers right but he had his website and so all those platforms uh, banned him 
And he said that, yeah, it was a big hit for me, right? Uh, and financially, all these things. But I still had my website. People started coming to my website directly. And that's how you you use the platforms to get to gain your popularity, gain your sort of momentum. But then you have something in mind that, all right, if if the worst thing happens and they change the algorithm, they ban me, whatever, I still have the option to use this. And then I want to talk about my situation with TikTok. Like I have now 14,000 followers on TikTok. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, in the beginning of my journey with my bike, uh, like the, the for the first month, I can say uh, the first month, I always did uh, like a video each day and my video was like uh, sometimes 80,000 uh, at the time 50, but very, very good. Like the minimum was always 10,000. It was very good. Where well, I did like lives, so I was uh, with 100 people, just we going with a bike and talk. Mm -hmm. Like it was 100, 200 people that see me. And at the beginning it was very good, but like uh, one time just TikTok just changed the algorithm. So you don't go to, to the people, like the people can see you. And like mm -hmm. when TikTok change the algorithm, you just without a work, if you work only with TikTok and like from 80,000, 50,000, now I'm doing like 5,000, for example, because of this. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, but I like TikTok because TikTok premiated the, the content, not the creator, like YouTube, for example. Mm -hmm. For YouTube, if you're a big uh, YouTuber with subscribers, uh, your video will be up. If you're just a small YouTuber with nothing, with 10 subscribers, your video still to 200. So you need like to, to go up. Uh, yeah. TikTok is like you're doing a video and just again, you're doing mm -hmm. another video, but another video is, is up, another is down. So yeah. And it, it's, it's great. But TikTok, I think in five years will be another social. Like now is TikTok very famous. In five years, it would be another. Oh, who knows? I don't know. That depends whether or not people need some type of other. Because if uh, if Elon Musk's buy, Musk buys buys Twitter, I think Twitter will become more famous. Twitter, yeah. because of Elon Musk. Yeah, I think if he if he buys Twitter, I think Twitter will be a better platform. I think so. Yeah. But if he but if he doesn't, no, then I don't know. Look, two thousand five, somebody said, or two thousand six, somebody said. Oh, you need to be on Facebook. Yeah. So what's Facebook? Right. Oh, it's 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 the new MySpace because I had a profile on MySpace, right? And so I said, I'm not really considering that. Ten years later, 2016, I registered on Facebook. You need to, to be on Instagram. Well, I, I registered yeah. also on on Instagram as well. But uh, I, yeah, but the basic point is, ten years afterwards, Facebook was still around and massive, right? 2016, Facebook was really massive. Yes. 2026. They will probably still be around and pretty, pretty massive as well, still or even bigger, right? So I think it's more of uh, the people that use Facebook, for example, are different. For example, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'm ten years uh, older, right? When I when I first heard about Facebook and when I registered it, but now it's just that you have, I think, uh, a usual social media consumer has a lifespan of uh, around 15 to 20 years on its platform. So let's say you are 18 years old, 20 years old, you now register on some type of platform. You are getting older and the older you get, the less you would like to change some things. 
And so you are more inclined to just keep on using the same Hotmail email, right, or Gmail and all these things. And yeah. I think it's the same for, for social media. You have 10, 15 years maybe of, of that lifespan. And yeah, if you started young, let's say you're 20, up till you're 35, you would probably be inclined to use the same platforms you use today just because you are accustomed to them. Yeah, and I think like TikTok is very, maybe one of the most addictive social that you can use because it's very easy to use. You just need to do this and that's it. Mm. It's very easy just doing this and you can see videos that there are like no, no, I can say pause, you know, like they are always video. So you can like, okay, you can stop. But it's not like, for example, in YouTube that you need to choose the video, you know, mm. it, it doesn't start until you choose. In TikTok, it starts every time. And so you like lose a lot of time because, and maybe you can like not, don't follow no, no, nobody. You can like uh, give likes to nobody, but TikTok know what you like. Because of the they, time that you see a video, depends. The, yeah, and they they know your region, they know your location, they know maybe your contacts. Yeah, and so they can have those calculations. What is the most likely content that you would like to see? And then it's up to you. If you if you are staying on the video, it's TikTok one in, knows that it's one indication that you are look looking at the video more. If you're just swiping through, they they say yeah, you don't you're not interested. And yeah, I think it's it's a good option for us to teach the artificial intelligence, and maybe in the future, maybe the robots will all be our lords. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but up up till then, we will be entertained. Yeah. 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 So it's I don't know if you look at your let's say your future. I think it's pretty bright, right? If I would be eighteen years old, I would be looking uh, pretty optimistically to a lot of things. But if I would be 80, probably not. Because I think if you are 80 now, you can look behind and see, yeah, probably the best is, is behind for yeah. you particularly, right? Yeah. But if you're 18, yeah, yeah, because the world will get more globalized. It will be more faster, cheaper, more effective, more productive. And the only, only difference, I guess, will be that um, people will be pretty well how would you say manipulative because people now are getting more educated and more experienced with um with all you know selling marketing all these things so yeah advertising and yeah people are people are really accustomed to being manipulated and manipulating themselves right because if you want to avoid manipulation you need to know how to manipulate in a sense, right? You need to be aware of those things. And I think, yeah, it will become a little bit more uh, weird sometimes because you, you never know if somebody is trying to manipulate you. But other than that, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And like a lot of people wants to become like the the people, the, the guy that decide everything, like the boss, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of people just want to... to the, to become the general, but no one want to do the 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 soldier. They want to become the boss, but no one want to become the dependent. And I think, okay, it's good to have this mindset to become a, a in the big in the 
in the high mm-hmm. position, yeah. But if the world was only with the people that uh, manage, that that are boss, no. But no one is dependent. Like how how we can go like. In, for example, if they are not farmers, if everyone say, okay, I want to become a doctor, it's cool. But if there are no farmers, how we can eat, for example, or maybe, okay, I want to become an, um, uh, a businessman. I want to become this, but no one doing the others like works. Well, was, I think that's the beauty of uh, social organizations. There's no real sufficiency for anything. I mean, you could always have better basketball players. You could always have more experienced doctors. You can always have more, more wiser and better specialists. There's no real limitation to those things because the amount of people is limited, but the amount of people's wants and needs is unlimited. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always the, the option to just uh, either to change careers or even combine careers. I think. You will see a lot of people, especially women, being, let's say, I don't know, teachers or students. Yeah. And in the meantime, having an OnlyFans account and, you know, getting getting their pervert clients some, some type of satisfaction and earning money. OnlyFans. It's called OnlyFans, this application that you, yes. Yeah, yeah OnlyFans. That's what I mean. Because, you know, you have a different career path if you are a hot chick. Right, you you can be a student and go to a regular profession, but you can also be an OnlyFans model and earn a lot of money by showing whatever. Yes, it's true, it's true. And still be considered uh, a, a valuable member of society because it wasn't used. To, it wasn't the case, right? You know, sometime in the in history, yeah. If some uh, woman was promiscuous or was exhibitionistic she was considered like a low level so, so society didn't really uh, acknowledge that or didn't want that right nowadays yeah you can be a porn star and go to a church the next day yes it's not like in the past and now the girls show more like their, their body like in the past you know yeah, like yeah. in the south you can see a lot of booties yeah it's mm-hmm. not like in the past in the that you can show nothing you can show nothing like this you can like uh, the leg the girl don't show in the past now they show everything oh actually that's that's one thing that probably russia is uh, better than italy i think uh, slavic women on, on average are prettier than of course it's, yes, it, yes, women. yes 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 it's true it's true yes this yes uh, the russian woman back there beautiful it's not like the Italian, with the Italian girls with this, this mindset that I don't know they want a lot, like they want this, they want that, they want like for a Russian girl it's enough just just less. Mm. Yeah, I know I, I can explain, but it's more easier. Yes, and they're more pretty, so this is an advantage. Mm. I can ask you how how is the duration of the podcast? Like how we are going? One hour and oh, we're going to finish if you, if you no, like. No, I mean when you when you no want. no it's fine. I mean my my food is probably getting cold as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we can we can we can put a put a stop. Do you yes. have any final uh, suggestions, ideas, or thoughts about? Uh, well, just in general. Yeah, what what I can say like. Um, so that I don't know when I will come, for example, to to Narva. OK, 
Okay, well, I want to say this, that this journey for me is like a, a big experience, yes. Uh, but now I began to miss my home and more I go away, more I go away, I miss my home. But I'm sure when I will come back to my home, I will miss these moments. It's, it's very strange for our mind because uh, you you need to 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 reach a, a, a goal, yeah? But you, when you reach this goal, you're not satisfied. You need to reach another goal. Yeah. So it's continue running, running. It's never rest. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. And I think if you can enjoy the moment, not only think like in the future will be fine because you don't w- will be fine if you think like this. You need to, to think now I'm fine. And this may be the key of the happiness. What mm-hmm. do you think? Well, yeah, that's the, I think there's even a special concept for that in psychology because the people people they usually try to figure out what's what's enough when it comes to money and then they started looking into the different type of earnings and i think uh, if you have do you ha- have you heard of jordan peterson no he's a pretty famous uh, psychologist in north america and he has a lot of uh, youtube videos and his channel and uh, yeah he i think he even said that at one point there's clinical clinical psychology has has described the ceiling where you don't feel any better earning more than that right and uh, he describes those type of situations where yeah people would like to have some type of end goal where they think this will be bliss this will be just pure happiness right but when they reach that point they they see no it's just a new normal right and it's always like you strive for something and then you adjust your expectations you strive for something you adjust and it's and it's always that you think you will be on the level of 10, 10 out of 10, right, with happiness. And then it just becomes your norm, sex, seven, right? And then you again try to do that. And yeah, they even described it, that it's just the normal. That's that's the normal condition of the human being to have always, you get accustomed to your to your comfort, to your mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you don't really feel so much content or happiness. And then, uh, yeah, sometimes people just like to meditate, try to help others more so they feel more satisfaction that way. Yeah, but some people just go to parties more. And that's it. <laughs> yes, and then, true. and then, yeah, it's it's up to the individual if they want to party or help other people, right? But uh, yeah, now with the social media being so focus driven on on luxury, on money. On, on all those Beauty, status yes. status symbols yeah you definitely can see some type of risks when when you when you will have I don't know 40 50 year olds who can see some type of risk who always thought that they needed to gain these things but then yeah no big big deal all right I think 